Welcome to the Healthy Life Podcast that doesn't hold back. We discuss all subjects from wellness, healthy eating and fitness. Stay tuned and follow our presenter Jenny Thornton and her guests on their different journeys through their own ways to getting healthy. Welcome to Healthy Life. So it's not Jenny Thornton, it's Roger here with you this afternoon. And uh, my guest is the lovely Sarah Sylvester. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to my little new home. We've spoken before, haven't we? We have indeed. Now then, of course, my experience of uh, doing radio for the last 30 years has brought me on a magical journey of meeting so many lovely people. And uh, during my time of coming over to this kind of neck of the woods, I met you, didn't I? You did indeed, and it was one of the best days of my life. Oh, bless you. Now, Sarah, I I discovered Sarah. Jenny's with us today as well. Uh, I discovered her through Twitter. You did indeed. The power of Twitter, basically, where she was posting out. And I was like, she would make a really, really interesting guest uh, because I've had experience of a person in my life who has suffered with depression and anxiety. So I'm thinking... Where can we talk? You know, I, I just I just like to talk to people. And this is why I came on board with you guys here uh, to talk about various different subjects, things that kind of have uh, knocked me in the past, uh, people that have come along. And Sarah was one of these people where I'm thinking, yeah, you'd make a great guest. So and I got in touch with you. So I'd never met you before. That's right. And um, I met you at the Bradbury Centre in Wokingham, wasn't it? Yeah, that's correct. And we just got chatting. Yes. <laughs> and I think it was one of those days where we got a bit of a, almost an immediate bond and connection, because mm. we just carried on talking. And even after the recording, it was just great to listen and to kind of have that connection, because I think simple connection for everybody is, is one of the things that we miss the most, especially lately. Mm. And it's very good to just have that simple collaboration and connection for wellness really now then at the Bradbury Centre you run a it's about time and and that's how what it is isn't it yes I struggled massively with my mental health probably about a year ago I had a very public breakdown at work anybody who knew me knew this really um confident facade of a career woman kick-ass jackets high heels giving it loving life loving large and all of a sudden that crumbled very dramatically just over a year ago and my life became very insular very dark very gloomy and I massively struggled with anxiety and depression went to the doctors and I'll never forget the day where I was sat in the doctors and he said you've got severe anxiety you need to take some time off and I was like time off what do you mean time off I'm a, I'm a career woman. What do you mean, time What off? were you doing, Sarah? I worked in the automotive industry, right. which for a woman um, is quite a challenge because mm-hmm. the automotive industry is probably 80%, uh, even, even more so, male-dominated. And I had quite a senior position uh, working with a group of people who were more graduates. And graduates, for any um, body who obviously knows graduates, they are very vulnerable because it's their first job. They want to come into an industry where they want nurturing and looking after. And that responsibility was was put onto me. And I, I crumbled. And it had been a long time coming, I think, because for a lot of the time, I mean, we talk about wearing masks now. And, and for me, I wore a mask for so many years of my life. You didn't know the real Sarah. You didn't know what was going on underneath. Mm. And I was absolutely dying on the inside. And the day that it it happened 
was just awful and it could have ended in, in, a, in a very bad way where I could have ended up um, following a chair out of a first story window. I'm, I'm not putting that lightly. And I needed help. And it was very, very challenging for me to seek help. And I did. Um, and became very insular, very embarrassed about my mental health condition, very embarrassed about what I was feeling and thinking. And I, I almost went in on myself and started being very aggressive and, and cruel to myself and refused to leave the house. I was becoming a, a shadow of a person. My four walls became safe. And then my four walls of my house became the four walls of my bedroom. Then they became the four walls of my bed. And I started to build this little shield of a, of a almost like a castle that would save me from dragons because that was where my mind was going. People were coming for me. They were coming after me. And I struggled to leave the house. So it got to the stage where I wanted to find a safe place to go where I could be me in my rawest of forms and just talk and to know that I am not alone. And that was where I came up with the, the drop-in centre. So when you were in, uh, in your room or in your bed, as it was then, how were the loved ones around you? Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a dear darling husband who we're actually going to be married for 20 years at the end of this month. And I've got um, a daughter who turned 18 during lockdown poor thing and she, it was very very challenging because if you've ever suffered with a mental health illness and you know somebody who does one of the things that's probably overlooked is the people who are supporting the people who have a mental health challenge because to tell my husband without a shadow of a doubt that I did not want to live anymore and for him to have nothing to say and be able to do nothing to help me I think is quite um, quite difficult and for him then to have his own level of support, obviously he wants to see his poor wife well, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like I was worth it at all. Um, but I do think my husband is the most amazing person in the world because he's, he's stuck by me as I've recovered. And recovered I have because thoughts change, moods change, things change. And you have the will inside of you to be better and for the next day to be better than the next day. It's not always the same. Thank goodness it's not as taboo as it used to be many years ago. People now, the, the royals have also brought it to the fore that it's okay to admit that mm -hmm. you can't always cope with things. That's absolutely correct. And I think the shame and embarrassment for me was the big thing. Once I overcame that and realised that it was, it was okay not to be okay, but it was certainly not okay to stay that way because there's so much of life that is truly magical. And when I talk about the magic of life, it's the simple thing. It's sat in a room talking with you wonderful, beautiful people. And it's just looking at the, the sky and the birds and the trees and realizing how magical life is and how grateful we should be. Yeah, we've had lots of challenges in, in the world right now with the pandemic, but how grateful are we to just breathe air right now? And it creeps up on you, doesn't it? That the whole experience of uh, lacking in energy, slight tiredness, to out and out total exhaustion. And then you realise that something's not quite right. The thing is, you walk down the street and you wouldn't know, would you? No, that's what I mean about um, masks, Roger. That's absolutely spot mm. on. Uh, I think, coming back to your point about saying it's, it creeps up on you, 
we all get tired, we all get anxious, we all get severe mood shifts. But it's when you live in those, you live in the output of your mood, that's when it gets a little bit tricky because we know that thoughts change. I can be sat at home in my room and go, oh my God, I'm feeling really down. I'm feeling a bit ick. I'm feeling a bit ugh. But then if I thought about that even more and go, oh my God, this is going to finish me off and went down that rabbit hole, if you like, of, of darkness, that's very, very easy to do. And it's just a, a shift, I suppose, in admitting that I'm feeling a bit off. I'm going to go for a walk or I'm feeling a bit off. I'm going to pick up some crayons and start crayoning. Whatever is good for you as a human to release that, break that cycle, if you like, because the moods change. Can and you, everybody here in this room, I, I know, has known somebody in mm. the depths or has, has struggled. And I know Jack and I have people that, that we know that have self-harmed. So it's frightening as you go down the path, as, as you so eloquently put it, of knowing that your mood is not in a great place. But I think there's like layering where you go from the light, white, let's say, to uh, soft areas of grey. But once you get into that black, which is described as clinical depression, yeah. it's incredibly difficult to jump out of it. And even with the most marvellous supporters in the world, it's something that you as an individual, you're the only one that can actually work on that to bring your levels back up. And I can't imagine, but I know people that have actually sliced into their body to create, to release tension, to self-harming, to just get rid of the, 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 the nasty feelings and sensation. And then, of course, there are those that will go on to alcoholism mm. um, or drug taking to get into an altered state as their natural rather than process the discomfort that they are feeling with whatever it was that triggered off this whole episode of of you know tragic mindset yeah and I think the thing that sprung to mind when you said that was um the comfort of discomfort I think as a human race we don't realize how comfortable discomfort can be and I know that probably sounds a little bit confusing but we don't know everything and it's okay not to know and it's okay not to feel okay but a, a simple shift can be so powerful and I'll share something with you about the self-harming thing I honestly believe that my hand was on fire at one point I sat in bed and I saw flames shooting out the back of my hand and nobody could tell me otherwise and I started to pick the back of my hand and cause my hand some serious harm now there was no flames obviously there was no heat I didn't feel heat and my poor daughter found me and it took a while to clear the clouds if you like and it's a scary place to be because moods can be so consuming. But when you live, I've said this before, but when you live in the output of your feeling, that's when it gets really, really difficult. And it's just be grateful for the small things and be grateful that we all have an inner wellness in us. And it's amazing the stories of people you meet along the way. I remember that I was swimming at the time in the Arena Leisure Centre and one of the lovely attendants there was always very polite. And we got into conversation one day and she said, I've written a book, you know. And I thought, oh, that's nice. How lovely. 
lovely. You know, that um, 17 you've written a book. What was your book on? Mm. It was about the horrors, the horrendous life, abuse, drugs, self-harming. And you just look at somebody who has just started their life and presumably I get the idea that from about 14 upwards you are raging hormones and if something is going to go wrong and affect you you really don't want anything uh, cruel to be said to you anything nasty between those soft ages where your your hormones are starting because it must feel four or five times as bad when you're in in the hormone state when something has happened to you and you're also being ridiculed by the outside world and I I marveled at the fact that she'd actually got it into a published book and that she was able to help people who at that age would identify with do you know what I've had a terrible existence life has not been good to me things have happened to me that I'm not comfortable about and to actually read that book and think, thank God I'm not on my own. Somebody yeah. else has been through this and they're still alive and kicking. Yeah, I think that's the main thing that you're not alone in what you're feeling. And I've got a, say an 18 year old now. And the thing that, that she was very brave in saying is that you can have all the external people telling you you're not good enough or you can have external validation in terms of the social media pressures. But the biggest thing that would almost drown her is her inner critic and we all have an inner critic absolutely we have that you call it a devil on your shoulder the whisper of the night the thing that knocks you on the shoulder and whispers in your ear you're not good enough you're not going to do this you're going to make a fool of yourself you're embarrassing just go away you're not worth it and everybody has that and we think we're alone in that and we so aren't everybody has that and when you look at society and the volume of people now that can be described as let's say not neurotypical Mm. I've worked with some people on the autistic spectrum and the feeling there of of being alone that you're just trying to get to grips with how your mind works and it works differently to other people so your perceptions things the sensory side of it bringing huge wafts of anxiety that potentially other people just would not know about because they don't have the wiring that you have in your brain thank goodness that people are able to now write books do podcasts and explain to the world their sensitivities and I think the big shout out is just to remind everybody out there because there have been recent um, occasions on various different Facebook sites and, and different arenas where people are only too happy to be critical, sharply, brutally critical to other people, which has really altered the individual's mental health. And with COVID and everybody sitting still uh, for a while, wouldn't it be nice if everybody just absorbed the fact that we are all so different, but we all have sensitivities? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the key things for me, the game changer is for me, was I felt that everything was coming at me everything that I was feeling was because it was it was coming at me but actually when you think about it the human experience comes from you it's your thoughts it's your feelings you generate everything it's through your thought you your thought changes but and it's nothing to do with the external world yeah there may be some external influences that that you will see so the covid pandemic is one of them but everything comes from you 
And for me to see that, and that's, I think, the idea of the podcast came from that. It's the thoughts versus the facts. What is actual factual in the world right now? And what do you think? We are a complete imagination tool. We can imagine all sorts. I can imagine people coming after me and running down the street and wanting to harm me, but that's not true. I can imagine all sorts. And I think it's knowing that the human experience comes from you and the more magical you make that, the more of a better life you can make for yourself. You've got all, all the control in the world. I think the more times we talk about it as well, it kind of, you know, it, it's better for everyone, isn't it? You know, you've had your experiences. People can relate to what you've just said to us. Yeah, well, I'm hoping so because I believe, and it's a bit radical, I know that everybody has inner wellness within them. We were all born the same way. We were all born innately well. That hasn't changed and our thoughts may tell us differently, our experiences may tell us differently, our, our feelings may tell us differently, but we are all magical human beings. And sometimes you can get in the depth, and I have been in the depths of despair, like I say, that horrible day just over a year ago, I could have very easily ended up outside of a first floor window, very easily, but I didn't, and I'm grateful for that. And there's been times since where I've, again, spiralled into the depths of despair, but I haven't. Because my innate wellness all of a sudden will give you a knock and say, Sarah, you're amazing. You're a lovely human being. Come on. Come on. This is not it. This is not it. And I think everybody can experience that. So everybody. If, if you have a loved one that's possibly going through this, what would be the best bit of advice that you could give someone? I would say just listen. We as a... And, and I mean really listen. Listening is one of those things that I don't think people do enough of because some of the things that I was saying were crazy. And I mean, back crazy. Um, but just encourage a loved one. If you know, you know your loved one's the best. You know when they're feeling, and I call it a little bit icky, a little bit off. Just encourage them to speak and whatever comes out of the mouth, do not respond. Just listen because... What you will hear between the lines, you'll get a nugget of, and you'll see that innate wellness just emerge. And it may only emerge for a second. It may emerge for five seconds. And then it may go back because what I found when I was at my worst, I would have a glimmer of hope, but then go, oh my God, but I'm supposed to be depressed. I'm supposed to be anxious. I'm supposed to be worrying about this, that, and the other. And I could feel myself almost convincing myself that I wasn't worthy of wellness. So if you listen and you can hear that innate wellness in them and keep listening and keep encouraging and keep telling people how mar marvellous and magic life is. My partner's been through the mill with uh, things from the past and he will say to me, I'm processing <laughs> because he will take something that's happened during the day and he will say, do you know, I was quite frustrated with that at the time but when I look at it it's my ego my self-pity all the different things about himself that had brought him to an opinion that somebody was um being less than favorable with him yeah but he came from a past of survival by anxiety and fear mm. and if you have lived growing up with anxiety, fear, anxiety, fear, uh, 
and you've not had that that background of the safety net just as you were saying I, I love the way you said about the having your palace your castle with your moat around you yeah if you've ever been completely down broken away with with none of that and you've lived on fear and anxiety I'm sure there is that little voice in your head that when somebody says something to you it would be hmm are they criticizing me are they having a pop at me are they having a go at me because you've not managed that that balance and I also love the way you were saying about your innate wellness I often think about a guardian angel that that you can be at your wits end you can be standing on that bridge ready to be to jump you can be with the knife in your hand ready to self-harm and there there is a moment of clarity I call it the guardian angel moment Um, you call it your innate wellness which just pulls you back and stops you and it will always be there and you call it your guardian angel. I call it, I've got a great way in which it helped me. It's called the place of space. And when your mind slows down and when you empty it of all of the confusion and all of the thought, and you realize that there is space in your mind, the place of space is the bit that brings the magic. So as Gemma and I often say, it's potentially about that meditation moment where the brain just clears of everything and you get a moment of clarity which pulls you back to the fact that your life is actually worth it it's worth holding on Mm. and I think that relatives can notice when you're not quite yourself I know with um one of my well with both my children you you do spend sufficient time with your people in your house to know when somebody's a bit upside down and I always used to know in particular with my son because he'd go around and he'd close all the curtains so you know when I couldn't see anything but darkness back in the day when he was studying for exams I'd know that he was not in a great place yeah, and it's so that for me thing. was my my click. Now, now in our family, having had autistic spectrum disorder and d- different people in different stages, we're actually in a really good zone where we say to each other, "Do you know what? My mental health's not great today. I'm I'm not feeling well. I'm not on it. Can I talk to you?" Yeah, And then we, we have such things as family conferences as well, where we all s- sit down and if somebody's struggling with something, we sort of thrash it out and we give it the sort of family love to, to let them know that there's somebody that will sit there and listen. Now, I know recently on Facebook, a lot of people have been putting a statement up about Suicide Watch and repost this on your site so that everybody knows that there is somebody there that's prepared to listen and I Mm. hearing you very loud and clear you were saying about somebody to listen how often can people link with you personally with what you do to have a conversation with you if they're feeling that they're absolutely at their wits end oh my god I'd be open for meaningful conversation at any time um my podcast thoughts versus facts is in its fifth episode roger is my fifth guest and it's it's live on friday and yeah 
the thing that's driving me the most is meaningful conversation. And when I say meaningful, it's actually listening to the here and now. We, we all get caught up in, and I heard you very eloquently say about past events, and we ruminate over past. We wonder whether we could have done something differently. We wonder whether that we could have changed. We can't change the past no matter how hard we try. I mean, why would we try? I've got no idea. But we want to change the past. And then we want to project into the future. We want to kind of think, I mean, I'll, I'll share with you. I was driving here today from Wokingham. I was kind of, oh my God, what are they going to ask me? I've got no idea. Blah, 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 blah. And my mind was going round and round and round. I was trying to guess what you guys were going to say. Yeah, but you're great. You don't, you, 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 this is, you know, this is where you were, you know, that's why we invited you because I knew you'd be able to talk. And absolutely. But then it's like, it's the here and now that matters the yeah. most. My partner says, just for today. Absolutely, just for and today. And that's his stock thing. I'm not going to deliberate about the past. No. Because that could be fueled with resentments, which will make my mental health bad. Yeah. And I'm not going to project about the future because it might not happen. So we're quite used to him now saying, just for today. And even if it's just for today, it's just for this minute. Because what I've found as well, answers don't come when you do. Answers come when you don't. And it's that slowing down and... There's been a lot of social media, I suppose, exposure into the mental health world where if you have anxiety, this is what you have to do. And you can become anxious about having anxiety because, oh my God, I haven't meditated today. I haven't journaled today. I haven't coloured in my colouring book today. I haven't done all of these things today. <laughs> yep. Oh my God, Then it seriously. becomes obsessive compulsive. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. then you talked about alcohol and, 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 and drugs. I mean, I'm... I'm coming up a year sober. I, I quit the booze because it was just screwing with my head because you look for something that masks the fact that you are struggling with an illness or a challenge and it doesn't make it any better because all you're doing, you're believing something's true, then even though it's not, and then you're adding fuel to something that you've created as not true by adding something into it that's going to manufacture a feeling for you like alcohol. And answers will not come when you do they'll come when you don't just stop please just listen stop is it stop look and listen i'm getting confused <laughs> it's like crossing a road isn't it and everybody has some some great stories in them reverend mike who is over at high cross church uh was a chaplain with the army uh has ptsd mm. and tells some amazing stories and and has huge compassion and is a very popular man in Camberley for having time for everybody and that probably comes out of his gratitude to have gone through Afghanistan and places and still be alive yeah and potentially the more that you have suffered the more compassion you feel because you you get the different layers in somebody else's head yeah. So what you want to do when they're in a, a time of madness, let's say, yeah. is to listen to them and to help them and to bring them back from the brink. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it as, as suffering as such because I think we all suffer. It's how we frame it. My suffering can be my greatest strength because what I've gone through has actually given me the clarity of mind to be able to live my life as honestly as possible. I go back to that girl who was in her power jackets and her big heels strutting around the place thinking that she owned the world. And I feel sorry for that little girl, I really do, because underneath she was a sad, lonely, scared little girl who just wanted to be loved and didn't believe that she was worthy of life. And we all suffer, but it's what we do with that suffering to make it 
honest and open and share it with the world because we are an amazing we are as a human being we are amazing we're this magical vessel of loveliness we really are I'm sorry, I'm sounding a bit scarily spiritual here. (laughs) But it's all true. It's very true what you're saying. Well, we are. We are beings of light and energy. That's what we are. We are with this magical vessel of loveliness. And I applaud myself every day because there was a time where I could not look at myself in the mirror. But myself and Roger spoke about on a a show once about kindness. We should offer a lot more self-kindness. Give ourselves a bleeding big hug yep. and give yourself a big smile in the mirror for goodness sake, because the only person you need to be kind to is you. Yeah, I think that's it really, isn't it? <laughs> so we're all going to sit here and self <laughs> Give ourselves virtual hugs at the moment, of course. Absolutely. I'd love to be able to hug you, Roger, but I'm oh, bless you. <laughs> and it's a miracle. I was walking with a friend yesterday that has lots and lots of difficulties and, and great big mountains to climb. And I was just saying, isn't it amazing that we survive all the things that life, the challenges that life puts us through? Because we, we adapt. We are a human being that's meant to adapt. That is our, in our nature. Nothing ever will be as much as to kill us. Well, apart from if we got wiped You see, I'm a, I'm a believer as take day by day. You know, yeah. I don't try and plan too much in advance. I'm a bad organiser, yes, possibly, but I still take day by day. Yeah. I can't never think, oh, you know, some people say to me, you know, oh, you should be looking at a job there or whatever. You should be doing this. You should be that. Let's take day by day. I always find as well what, what, what you tend to be searching for when you plan too hard, too far in advance. You're searching for something that actually you've already got and you end up back where you started a lot of the time because what you actually are or what you, you've always been that way. So whatever you want to achieve use the tools that you've got inside you to achieve that because we're all on a journey but as long as we stay on the path and show up to anything that shows up in front of us we'll always be okay it's been quite interesting to take the journey through covid where i've known a lot of people in corporate life where you have to by the very virtual it's a very sort of male dominated not a female nurturing it's a you've got to have a short, a medium and a long-term plan. You've got to have strategies. Uh, you can't exist as a business without all this massive amount of planning. And people that have gone through that as their, their life journey then suddenly have gone into COVID and stopped and, and then thought, you know what? I feel so much better with the existence of just taking it a little bit slower. And when I've been networking over the years, I've met a lot of wonderful um, entrepreneurial people that have been very, very high in corporate life that have gone on to be an advisory service as an individual. Because once they've then started a family, the absolute complication of the workload and the way that you have to live versus your home life. It's just a massive contradiction trying to get the whole lot together. And then before you know where you are, you are working such ridiculous hours that you then start to feel quite wobbly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the simple things in life. I mean, one of the things that jumped out at me when you said that was the the corporate life path can be quite a, a, a challenging one. But my purpose and my aim and my goal 
in now is to have meaningful conversations with people. And so far that's meant that I'm, first of all, sat here in front of you lovely people. Um, but I've run a drop-in centre. I've launched a podcast. I've published a poetry book. I'm training to be a coach. I'm in the process of writing my first novel. So all of those things I've done in the past year is purely because I'm on a, I've got a goal to have meaningful conversations and that is it. So we all of us have an amazing Mother Earth creative side that some, sometimes through life gets crushed and hidden. And I think that's when the volcano explodes, when you are so forced into a, a strategy and a planning mm. that you cannot be creative anymore. And do you know who does that to us? Ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> The only person that does that is ourselves. Mm. And when, again, it comes when you don't. It doesn't come when you do. And you can, you can be your worst critic and your worst person ever. You can crush your own dreams very, very easily because you can talk yourself out of anything. And if you believe that, that you've got this inner wellness in you, it's all up for grabs. Everything is all up for grabs. So when you give, you've just given us all the ideas or things that you're doing now, was that a moment of thought or is it a matter of weeks that you thought of these, all these things? No, some want? of these things came out of the blue and it, they came, um, again, I don't want to get too spiritual here, but there's a sense of, I've had epiphanies where I've been at my most relaxed state. I had a, a, a sense of being like half awake and half asleep and then all of a sudden I was struggling with the drop in a little bit because of the COVID challenge obviously face to face stopped couldn't see the people who were their most vulnerable so it had to go online and I didn't know how to publish that and I didn't know how to um, communicate that out to people and I didn't know what to say for the best and I was ruminating about it I was talking to people and I was getting myself into such a tiz and then all of a sudden I just relaxed and I had a half awake half a moment asleep and it just went ping I know what to say and it just came and it was just so natural, so organic. And then I had an, an idea about the, the, the podcast and it just came. And it's, it's so effortlessly wonderful to be human because the things that you love doing the most are always inside of you. It's just allowing them to, to morph, allowing them to come out. And society does make you materialistic. We've been through quite a few uh, years of materialistic living that mm. it's not about being it's about having and it's it's snapping out of the I must have attitude into the I should just be yeah and it's it's amazing I could talk forever about materialism and it, it's just ridiculously um, sometimes toxic that what all that we have is all that we need is within us all that we should have we already have and yeah there's certain things in life that obviously roof over your head shelter food um clothing all of those things that are um natural to, to live as a human being but all that we have and we are grateful for we we've already got that's a good thought to end our podcast i think on. so yeah I can't think of anything to better that. Sarah, it's lovely to uh, spend some time with you once again. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you both. So we already have what we need. You already have what you need. <laughs> awesome. Thank you 
thank you for listening. And if you'd like to join the Healthy Life family, please subscribe and like our podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Podbean. And remember to subscribe to stay fully up to date. So look out for our next podcast and do check our new website, buzzpodcasts.co.uk.